Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, changemakers. Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and advance your mission. Anyways, I'm super excited today. We have a special podcast, and this podcast is a live, well, we're doing it live, but it will be recorded, a one-on-one coaching call with one of my founding members, and this is exactly what you'll be able to experience if you join the founding members, which closes um, Wednesday, May 15th at midnight Eastern Standard Time, so I am closing the doors completely for at least a couple of months, maybe longer, and this will be your last time to get in at the $27 per month or $270 per year rate, and you will be locked in at that amount, so it's awesome, but I am closing the doors May 15th um, at midnight because I really wanna focus on my founding members. You guys are amazing, and you guys get uh, a lot of value in this because we can really kind of develop the membership together because you guys give me feedback on what you like to see in there. So, as a special, like opportunity I wanted to share with you just kind of what members get because some of you are like well I don't know what exactly is in the membership and this is one of your bonuses that you get as a founding member is a free one-on-one 30-minute consultation video call with with me so you can ask your questions and today one of my founding members I'm super excited about her this is <laughs> and she is actually a good friend of mine too we've become really good friends over the last couple of years that we've been doing some different things together and she like jumped right in. So I'm super excited to welcome her today. So hi, Meg. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Holly. <laughs> Glad to be and here. she's actually here on Guam too. So this is really cool, but we're both like in different places on the island. So we wanted to do it via, via Zoom. Yeah. Makes it easy. It does. So I'm just going to go ahead and read Meg's um, bio so you guys can really know more of her background because she does so much work with nonprofits and you guys are going to be like, Oh, all right. So in 2013, after 35 years of successful career in leadership roles in management, sales and service while working for corporations that include Xerox Corporation, Ford Motor Company, Atkins Kroll, and Triple J Enterprises, it was time for her to take a leap and follow a passion of the heart. Meg embraced her entrepreneurial spirit and a desire to have a bigger impact in her community by helping others expand into their highest potential. May gets to mix her love for business and people through her company, Energetic Presence, which asks the simple question, how are you showing up? And I love that question. Meg is a coach, mentor, and trainer facilitator focusing on leadership, communication, teamwork, and sales and service, where she focuses on creating teams of leaders. She also is a desired speaker around Guam, promoting the power of giving back, leadership through mentoring, and supporting your tribe. And I've seen her in action. She's awesome. (laughs) Of course, she's entrenched in her community on the island of Guam, where she sits on boards and committees with nonprofits that include Junior Achievement Guam, Guam Women's Chamber of Commerce, Guam Chamber of Commerce, and Guam Symphony Society, and of course, volunteering other things that strike her fancy. So this is Meg Taikinko, and I'm super excited. Like, you can just hear from her bio. She has 
amazing corporate experience. And then she's brought that into the nonprofit realm as well as into the entrepreneurial realm. So it's really, really cool. So thank you, Meg, for being with us today. Thanks, Holly. Yeah. I get to pick your brain. <laughs> yeah, of course. And usually I don't read the bios of my, my guests. <laughs> I do ask them about what they're doing in their background. So I wanted to share that with Meg. But did you just want to kind of explain like where you are at personally in like the whole nonprofit realm? Like I know I read your bio, but can you just go into a little like more of a story with that of like what your heart is called to? Well, I'm going to go back a little bit, and you've heard this before, but, you know, my mom was in, uh, worked with the deafblind, and so as a kid, we had to do a lot of volunteer work with the deafblind. Uh, we had to serve at the soup kitchens downtown Detroit, um, which is one of the other things that's so amazing that, you know, we're both from the Detroit area. Yeah, um, from Michigan, you, know? you guys. <laughs> yeah, and um, so we had to do a lot of that kind of stuff, so we were kind of brought up on giving back at all times. And so when I was working for Atkins Kroll here on Guam, uh, Junior Achievement was one of those things that always, you know, was one of those things I always liked when I was in high school, but I was never, uh, could never get into that program for different reasons, mm. sports, et cetera. Anyway, so when I um, got to Guam, I was working for Atkins Kroll and they asked me to be an advisor for, and it was kind of like voluntold. So I said, sure. And I did that for a couple of years and then I loved the program. And then eventually they asked me if I would be on the board. And basically I've been on the board for the last 25 years. Um, next year will be about 25 years. That, and so Junior Achievement is the main nonprofit that I really like. I like the fact that I get to mix business and working with, uh, you know, the you know, young people. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, having them, uh, getting them prepared and working for, you know, in the global society. Mm -hmm. So, and JA really focuses on entrepreneurship, work readiness, and financial literacy, which is, you know, so greatly needed, especially in small communities and islands like this. Mm -hmm. And with the internet and everything else, is it's it's even more fun because now people are realizing that, you know, the, the, the water doesn't stop us from going beyond, you know, Guam, which is cool. And then I've been doing other things. Like I said, um, I do, I have sat on a couple of the boards right now. I'm only sitting on uh, Guam Symphony Society. And um, I still am very much involved with the Women's Chamber and some of the Guam Chamber committees. But I think one of the things that I've always believed is that if I'm going to work for an NGO, I want to work for one and really put my heart and soul into it, which mm -hmm. has been always junior achievement. And um, so about uh, back in 2010, next part of my story, mm -hmm. um, I was uh, recovering. I was laying in uh, recovery from breast cancer mm. at UCLA, and I thought, man, if money wasn't my main, uh, if money wasn't the issue, if I'm, I'm, I was comfortable, what would I want to do? And right away, I said, oh, I want to, you know, I take junior achievement to the next level. Didn't know what that looked like. Didn't know what I was going to do. But it's just, you know, I mean, just I love the program, and I just think you know, our workforce, you know, be, being a, you know, being somebody who has to hire and retain people, et cetera. It is one of those things we have to grow our own here on Guam. So it really is about the work readiness and the financial literacy and the entrepreneurship just kind of adds to it. So that you have the business acumen and everything else. And um, so of course I went back to work, got back into it. And then 2013, a lot of things started happening. I've had, you know, I just say it four deaths in a or deaths and breast cancer um, wow. kind of just made me say I'm done. And I just, mm -hmm. you know, basically walked away from the whole corporate world and everything else um, mm -hmm. and never looked back. It's been great. And I just kind of focused, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I took the whole idea of junior achievement and 
one of, and started my own business, which is Energetic Presence. And it's really about kind of following the same lines of junior achievement in that it's really about workforce readiness and um, that also just the leadership, which is self-leadership, first leading yourself, and then you can get into leading others. The courage and the bravery just to be like, you know what, this isn't working for me after so many years and what I really want to do, like how amazing for you to sit there and say, what I would really want to do is take this nonprofit to the next level. Like that's, that's like some heart of gold, really. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. For you to think like not, Oh, what can I do for myself? Like what's on my bucket list, but your bucket list is actually helping others. I just think that speaks so many volumes of you as a person. And I just think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, and it's true. But I mean, I I think, um, you know, people, and, and I think when I, when I do facilitating and training and stuff like that, I think that's the biggest thing in any business period Mm -hmm. is if you're not there to solve problems and serve other people, then you'll never really be that successful. I mean, you might have some things, but it, it won't really be be fulfilled. You might Mm. be successful. You might have the money and everything else, but you won't really be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things I really focus on is, you know, because if you, if you focus on solving problems and serving other people, Mm -hmm. all the other, everything else will come behind you and, and, and support you. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just how I see life period. But so, you know, part of the the whole fun about working with you and and coaching with you is that um, I'm getting all this other information for junior achievement. Mm -hmm. So um, can I get into questions? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you know, so I've explained a little bit of our problems or our challenges, and I'm going to just name four really quick. Mm -hmm. You know, one, we are a working board. Mm -hmm. We're not a governing board, um, which means we have to set the vision. I mean, even though we're part of an NGO, a uh, national NGO, uh, we have all the, everything locally. We don't, you know, we basically support ourselves. Okay. So, um, the, and, the re- and the reason why we're such a working board is we really only have a part-time executive director. And we know we need to get a full-time executive director for um, two ni- 2019-20 program year. So we're kind of going to be up against the wall on that. But the thing is, is that so... Uh, having a part-time executive director only makes us work that much harder. So as far as to do a lot of visioning and, and, and growth, et cetera, by the time we're done just doing the day-to-day program support and everything else, um, we just don't have time and energy or whatever because everyone else is on other boards and they're on, uh, you know, they have their own family life and their own careers and businesses, et cetera. Right. Um, so that's, the, that's kind of two in one, the part-time mm-hmm. executive director, whatever. So, um, which kind of leads to the next thing, which would be volunteers mm-hmm. and, and getting volunteers and having that database. So, and then knowing exactly what we want those volunteers to do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, are, are we ready to receive, you know, some people say, Oh, I'd love to help. Whatever. It's like, Oh, great. Well, what are we going to have them do first? Oh, I don't know. And who's going to manage them? Who's going to kind of right. see them? Who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of hard, um, even if we get, a grant um, like for AmeriCorps that was one of the things that was awarded us once and basically one we didn't have the money but mm-hmm. we didn't really have somebody that could really manage the people etc so it was kind of difficult there mm-hmm. and then uh, number three and four I have written down so that's actually three already but another one is on the fundraising you know one of the things is that I find because I've sat on the boards is one of the things is that we believe it's treating ourselves as a club 
is what mm-hmm. I want to call it, versus a business. Okay. And you know, we are junior achievement. We are, you know, we are teaching kids to, uh, you know, survive or, or, or thrive in a um, global economy. Mm-hmm. But yet as a board members, we're just kind of catching all the time. And so we really don't have that full on plan like a business. And mm-hmm. so we're end up being a little bit of the whole, our hands are out looking for funding, support, et cetera, especially locally. And the mm-hmm. problem with doing it all locally is that there's a slew of nonprofits on Guam trying to go after the same piece of pie. So it's a matter of different things that we can do for funding when it comes to then grants, um, mm-hmm. et cetera, or collaborating with others, et cetera. Okay. And then, and then of course, you know, I do a little bit with my business, so we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But then the last thing is um, taking, you know, when you're part of a, a national NGO, uh-huh. And they already have the mission and vision and everything set up for you. Junior but really a matter of taking that, yeah, mm-hmm. junior achievement mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. So it's really taking that and then creating it your own. And it's not really going deviating, but it's kind of like, okay, but this is this is a huge picture. How yeah. do we kind of bring it more local and what's our priorities? Right. Um, and what can we do to grow that and stuff and be sustainable on our own, et cetera, that goes into fundraising. So it's kind of all over the board, but... Um, being part of some other boards, it's not that much different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some just have it together and some don't. And it's, and I'm going to generalize here, but it's also, you have those boards that are more life and death mm-hmm. sort of boards that tug at people's hearts mm-hmm. versus a board or an NGO like Junior Achievement that is what I consider kind of a backbone mm-hmm. of the economy. Mm-hmm. that, you know, really t- me- needs a lot of focus. And like mm-hmm. I said, everybody's really constantly complaining and we have entrepreneur uh, apprenticeship programs, et cetera. But this is almost like an ex- apprenticeship program because you're working with the youth, but then those advisors who are usually management supervisors, et cetera, in a business, those guys can use that business acumen and that supervisory role of these young people. So it's kind of right. like, but it's not like the poor cats. little cat that's stray on the road picture of, right? No, not at all. The not harder all. story in a way that it might feel like a harder story to sell. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really about helping ourselves on yeah. Guam. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really businesses saying, no, this is good. We got to help ourselves. And if we don't, you know, and again, a lot of these kids, you know, some of them go off island for school, but a lot of them stay on island. And the thing is, is that this is your incoming workforce and this is a way to vet out people to a certain extent. Um, and we're getting into public schools now um, in the school. So those kids don't have to worry about parents getting them down into a Ganyar to Moulin or wherever to, you know, deliver them to these, you know, these companies that are going to watch them for two hours and work with them. And then they have to pick them up. And that's what we kind of find um, a difference between public school and, and the private school kids. Mm-hmm. you know, as far as parent involvement. Right. So, and it's just, and it's not that one parent cares more than the other. It's just a matter of time, you know, mm-hmm. who, who has the, who has the time and energy and the freedom right. to, to taxi their kids around. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, no. Okay. So these are great questions. So, and it's, you know, as you're saying them, I'm like, okay, kind of like checking <laughs> in my brain, okay, these things, but what I really see the whole, you know, all these questions, what they all 
lead into is really a strategic plan and right. having like something, you know, because I think having a very strong strategic plan in place can really answer almost all or all of these questions really. So even looking at, or, you know, and that's something a board has to determine. So to go back to your first question about a working board versus a governing board and, you know, the difference between that, um, those of you who may not know, like the looking at a working board is the board is all super involved and they're basically doing everything for the programs where a governing board can be more where they just govern, right? They can kind of oversee, they might meet monthly, but it's more the ED, the executive director is coming to them and saying, okay, this is all the programs going on. And they kind of just, you know, okay, let's oversee this. Not like mm -hmm. let's be hands in the trenches doing everything where right. a working board is more like we're doing it all. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. Yeah, governing board normally has a good size staff. I mean, yep. even if it's three or four, but like I said, a full-time executive director yep. that's picking things up, et cetera. But yeah, and I like no, that your direction, because you're, you're definitely like, how can we be more of a governing board? And that goes back to, and that's perfect. That ties in when you say we have a part-time ED. It's really hard to be a governing board in some ways when you only have a part-time ED. Now, that could be somewhat set like it could be offset a little bit if you have other people involved so you don't necessarily have to have more staff but to have more consultants come on some other you know if you had a part-time ed and if you had also someone doing the social media somebody doing development maybe they're not staff members but they're consultants or they're interns and they're actually in position doing the different roles then the ed could be part-time and still you know have them doing more of the work so the then the board's not so involved either because there's other hands on deck so to speak the, the hard part of that is to say, how can this ED kind of oversee everything? But if you have a really good strategic plan in place, they'll be able to kind of, you know, get the, the, get this going. And the other right. thing that could be involved in your strategic plan is creating operational manuals. And this is what I found to be one of the most effective things, even for my own company, but for many nonprofits, is they just don't. And like you said, even that goes, that leads into the volunteer question too, like how do we manage volunteers? And that's, that's actually a real challenge for a lot of nonprofits. They want volunteers, but then they're like, oh, maybe we don't because now all of a sudden we have to oversee all these people. We don't have time to do it. And we don't even have systems necessarily in place, you know, right. for them to follow. So it's more work, right? So that's what it kind of feels like it can, right? right? Um, so one of the things is to do is to have in that strategic planning with your board and with your ED and everything, even if it's just the part-time ED in the beginning, every single role that needs to get done so your board can be a governing board needs to be outlined. Do we need a development person? Do we need, you know, um, somebody doing the social media, somebody doing the um, public relations, somebody developing our message, like who's going to handle all of these things and to really create roles for each of those positions, you know, who's going to be doing the books, right? Um, and then what all of those positions, what they need to do. So not just like, oh, there's the role. Okay, we need a development person, but actually outline each of the tasks that needs to be done, right? And that'll really lead into where do we want to go in five years when you're doing your strategic plan? Like, what's our vision? What's our mission? What's, you know, what's really what we see? So this does take a little bit of time, but it's going to save you like hundreds and hundreds of time and a lot of, you know, just right. to do right. it and get down and dirty and get it done so you can kind of back off and become more of a governing board. Now, in the beginning, a lot of those roles might be filled by the board members or by 
the ED. But eventually when you get the funding to come in or when you had the volunteers come in, then you already know what positions are available. And then you can vet your volunteers. It's not just like anybody who wants to help that doesn't have any qualifications because that's kind of a hard thing to manage. But people, you could say, yeah, sure, we volunteer. What is, give me your resume, right? You still want to ask for resumes from volunteers so you can put them in the best positions where they feel then they can walk away and be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm really have a purpose here and I'm giving back because you know I'm doing something that I'm passionate about too. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they're really passionate about numbers and they like to do the books and they like to do that. That would be something right. to put them in. Maybe they're really passionate about creating messaging and they like to be online and they can do social media. Maybe they hate that, right? But you're putting them in that just because you need it and that doesn't work. So you really right. also vet your volunteers and really put them in the right places and fill them with the right people. Yeah, because we have yeah. we have committees and everything uh, within the board, mm -hmm. and different people have different responsibilities. But it's the same thing: is when you don't have somebody actually managing that to make sure they're on task. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, next day, oh yeah, I've got you know, I got busy. I was off island. I was this, and right. so it's very hard for because you know a lot of the board members either have their own businesses or their careers take them off island or you know whatever so they're not around a lot and you know and that's and that's challenging it so, is challenging and we, yeah and we don't have a membership like mm -hmm. some of these people have a paid membership you know there's like a monthly you know breakfast meeting lunch meeting or whatever mm -hmm. and there's members and so they're you know they they kind of take care of themselves we don't have any kind of a membership right. and we've thought about you know we want to try to get alumni and stuff but again too often our alumni are, you know, college students or, you know, college yeah. and, you know, and they don't, as far as, you know, and, and again, there's giving money and there's giving time and, you know, yeah. you need them both. But mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's still a matter of then saying, okay, let's start handing this over. Um, but you need somebody to manage it. It really does. And it's funny because even if you have a very skilled board member and they might've been called into that, but they just don't have the time, right? Um, everybody's calling that same person into different boards and, you know, they just, not, they might not necessarily have the time to commit like you're saying. So it's really important to be able to bring people in the door. And if you say, okay, you know what, we don't have time to do this, but we know it needs to get done to fit in the vision of the nonprofit. So how do we fill these places? So once you have your, your job titles and all the roles and everything that needs to get done, then that can feel like, okay, that's good, but we're still doing that work. Right. How do we get to fill that work? So you can do it with volunteers. Another way you can do it with volunteers or interns is provide training for them to do those roles. So that could be something very attractive for people, especially like, um, I always use the example of, you know, get courses for, for people who want to be grant writers and train them because people are always wanting to learn how to do grant writing and then have the opportunity to actually write grants. So if you got them a course and actually paid for it or whatever, you know what I mean? They're going to be really excited to do that and you're going to give them a lot of value. Um, right. They're going to commit more time. But the other thing too is you then looking at it to say, do we have money in our budget to hire people, right? To either hire them as staff or hire them as consultants. Or if we <laughs> want to be a governing board, then maybe we do need to raise. How much money do we need to raise so we can actually fill these positions properly? And you know what I mean? So what, what does our annual operating budget actually yeah. have to look like? And, and that goes back to, you know, one of the things that we're trying to work on right now 
is to create some videos of ourselves for mm -hmm. for ourselves. One is, you know, welcome to junior achievement. Here's a little bit. Instead of saying, I'll oh, go to the website and take a look, but no, we'll put down what we really think is important. But even when it comes to our company program, which is our flagship program, mm -hmm. where the kids actually create a business over 15 weeks and they have to, you know, sell stock to build capital. They have to, you know, uh, build officers. They have a payroll. They have, you know, mm -hmm. they have to do social media, everything. And then they have to, you know, trade fair, they compete. And then at the end, they have to liquidate their company and do a return on investment to the stockholders. So it's a, it's an awesome, awesome program. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you learn, you know, just learn a ton mm -hmm. and, you know, kids get to kind of figure out what they might want to do and to kind of see what they might, you know, uh, where they might fit in organizations, et cetera. But anyways, um, right now our executive director spends a lot of time just, you know, training the advisors and training, you know, working with the kids and, you know, get first time advisors. And we really need it where those guys can go someplace and pick up a video. What, what does the second module look like? What does this third module look like? Or, you know, same thing with the kids. What is the, the role of the president really do? You know, because the same thing, we have attrition that goes on in the programs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's really, you know, how do we, you know, I mean, it's great because businesses run that way. You know, we don't know who's yeah. going to stay in a business or not. Yeah, so that's one of the things we're thinking of doing is a little that. bit more on videoing mm -hmm. ourselves and explaining it so people could, so we don't have to repeat it ourselves all the time. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, or if, if a person goes like an executive director who has all that, you mm -hmm. know, that 10 year knowledge in their heads and they were to walk, you're starting all over again. But this way we have all that and we move it forward. So, I love that you brought that up because that's another risk is to, if you only have one part-time staff and they've been there for a long time, like you said, what happens if they walk? What happens if something happens to them? You know, all of a sudden um, you lose all of that industry knowledge if they haven't been putting it somewhere. So I right. love that you're thinking of the board members um, to each do little videos. And even I think if they're overseeing and already doing these different roles to even do videos um, of what they do while they're doing it. And that's a great training tutorial. And I, I do that a lot. I have a couple of interns. Um, and then I also, I have worked with other consultants and everything. And what I do a lot is I just put a screen capture on my, on my computer. And as I'm working on something, I just start talking and saying what I'm doing. And then I send them the link. I do this all on Loom a lot. It's free and you can just send the link and then they can watch the video. And that saves me so much time of like, I don't have to go into a spreadsheet and write down step-by-step step what to do because I'm just telling them. And it provides something that is not just for that, like uh, Eliza, like, you know, hi Eliza, <laughs> she's doing my YouTube. Um, but even if, you know, she was like to leave or something, then it's also, Sophia can watch it or, you know, somebody else can watch it or yeah. intern, you know, in 2022 can watch it, you know, so it's there and it's not something you have to repeat, like you said. So right. video tutorials are fantastic. And if you're already doing it, just start talking and explaining what you're doing. And that is like, so good. I love it. So yeah. yeah. But anyways, I'm excited too, because my interns are graduating this week. <laughs> and they're both coming on as consultants. So yeah, so definitely your interns. That's another thing you can do is really leverage interns, um, because it kind of gives you an opportunity to you have those operational manuals, maybe you're like, okay, I want to start somewhere. I got these operational manuals kind of hammered out. Let me give it to an intern and work with them and then kind of go hands off, hands off. And then if you really like them and they really like you and they fit the, the culture of your nonprofit, there's an opportunity where you might be able to hire them as a consultant or as a staff member after, and they're already familiar with you. Interns are great. They can get credit while they're doing your stuff. I wish more nonprofits would really utilize. Um, 
it doesn't just have to be like a lot of nonprofits think, oh, I only have to utilize interns that are like having to do their counseling or their, you know, like put their hours in somewhere, but you can utilize them for social media. You can utilize them for editing, like anything, yeah. right? There's so many different things that they can get credit for. I'd like to see both UOG and GCC mm -hmm. um, have that pool available. Yeah. It's uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the biggest thing is that you know we're said, oh, we have interns you could possibly use, but it'd be nice if we, you know, knew exactly what it is. Or there's like almost like an application. What do you need? What are the and then they kind of you know they, they you know it's almost like you know Match.com. Yeah, <laughs> interns, mm, right. That's something I am kind of kind of touching <laughs> in with the University of Guam. So we're definitely looking at building the liaison with the community. Like how do yeah. nonprofits and small businesses actually tap into interns and then making right. it easier for the, the professors at the university to really, you know, connect them because the end game is, yeah, they want them to get experience and build their resume. Well, yeah. And I was just going to say, it's huge for the interns. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. When, when I interview somebody and they've just graduated from college and they might've worked in a restaurant or something like that, they don't have any real practical you know, experience. But if they mm -hmm. say that they've interned with this company and these are the kind of things they did and that, you know, yeah, that person is so much more marketable right. uh, and desirable mm -hmm. to hire because I'm not, you know, I mean, again, is, you know, and I'm going to generalize as I get older, the less I want to actually, you know, teach people. I just assume people should know these things. Mm -hmm. And then when they don't, I just kind of think, oh my God, they really don't know these. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's, it's evolution, but I mean, mm -hmm. But it is, it's, it's part of succession planning yes. and just sustainability as a, as a business. Right. right. Yeah. And I think too, nowadays, you don't even think like nonprofits that are really small, you might think, oh, they only want to go after like the boys and girls clubs or the, you know, the big, huge, the Habitat for Humanities. But actually, I feel like, especially in today's day, more and more college age you know, interns or, you know, college age students are wanting to actually intern at smaller companies or nonprofits because they know that they're going to get a variety, you know, experiences. They're not just going to be grabbing the coffee or whatever, but they're actually going to get more hands-on stuff. They're going to be able to make more of an impact. And they're really curious about how strong, you know, smaller kind of startups or smaller nonprofits run. So I think um, it's really, really, um, it's good for small nonprofits too. So don't think if you're just small too, you can't get interns, right? Because right. I really think that you have a good, um, especially nowadays, I just feel like even for mine, I'm like, I'm very a small company, but you know, I have a lot of interns coming over asking, to work with me because they know they can do so many more things and they can be more involved. So it's really, right. really cool. But yeah, even for larger ones though too, like Junior Achievement, it's a huge national uh, nonprofit, but you have your own chapter on Guam. Um, so, but you still need, you know, you could definitely tap into that. So just moving on to your next question too, um, the club versus the business. And I really like that because a lot of nonprofits, yeah, they might think we're just a nonprofit. And we're just going to do our same old, same old fundraisers and hopefully we meet the same targets every year and that's it. But then they get into those bigger conversations where they're like, wait, we don't want to be a working board or we need to hire more people to really prosper and to meet our mission, right, of what we want to do. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. And I like that you put it that way versus like the club versus business because a nonprofit is a business. It's right. a business that doesn't make profit for itself like it makes it for itself like it takes a profit and then it should invest in its own self and its own you know corporation so i think that it's really important to then develop business plans like right. don't think oh 
we're doing something wrong because we have a business plan, but do it. And um, a nonprofit um, study that I was doing here on Guam and also analyzing information in the states. And what we found was a lot of nonprofits um, on Guam, they go more after grants and after corporations and that sort of thing for funding. And in the States, we saw more typical. What's happening is they're larger nonprofits. Nonprofits are just popping out of nowhere. Like everyone's starting a nonprofit, right? It's crazy, the growth. And then the big ones are just getting ginormous, like monopolies. Right. So it's kind of like yeah. crazy. But um, what they're doing, what we see in the States is uh, a lot more focus on products and services to provide funding for the nonprofit. And I really think that's where a lot of nonprofits can go. It's who can give you money, right? But right. it's how can we make money for our mission? And when right. you turn that, that into a question, you really look at it like that instead of like, oh, woe is me, but no, how can we make money for our mission and really diversify? So not only grants, not only fundraisers, not only asking, you know, your handout, but, you know, giving something in return. And I really think that's important. You know, I just, I, you know, you see people asking for money or whatever, but then when you see somebody actually doing a service for money, like even somebody like they're going to take your groceries out to the car or whatever, you know what I mean? And you give them a few bucks or something, you know, to help instead of just asking you for money. I think that's, there's such a, like a change, a shift in the mentality when you're looking at right. that. So even as a nonprofit I mean, to, to yeah. say, how can we serve? Right. And I mean, that's, that was the basis for when I started my business. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it was one of those things, what am I going to do, et cetera. And then when a lot of my peers were asking me, Hey man, can you come talk to my sales team? Hey, can you talk to my managers? Can you, you know, whatever. So I started doing that and I thought, Oh shit, I can make them, you know, I can, mm -hmm. I can make a living out of this. I can make a business around this. Right. And so what I do is, you know, I mean, even when I started um, another product called mind blocks where, you know, that's positive, things on these, you know, for your desktops, et cetera. But even when I started that, so, I mean, I do like 20% of my revenue for my blocks goes to junior achievement. And I give about 10% um, of my revenue of anything I do through energetic presence mm -hmm. to junior achievement. So, I mean, my goal is to raise, you know, as much money as I can, but mm -hmm. I'd love to be raising 25 to $50,000 a year for JA because after I'm at a certain point, you know, then it is kind of a philanthropy kind of a, thing that I want to do. I mean, that's just part of, you know, just my DNA period anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, it is, is, it is one of those things. So with junior achievement, again, our kids are coming up with these awesome products sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, now where do we take that to the next level? Right. And you know, there are some companies that are doing a, a few things like Guma on mm -hmm. Guam. So it's kind of like taking our JA kids and moving into another program, whatever. And again, expanding, but mm -hmm. I'd love to have, you know, Guma has, and, and that's for, you know, Guam unique merchandise and arts, mm -hmm. you know, owning other people. But um, the thing is, is that they're taking people that have businesses, et cetera, and taking them to a new level. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing we want to do, but take these students and move them to a JA store or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we can take their products and continually sell them. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and then really they make them more in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because when they start their companies, they're paying like $3 an hour, 50 cents a meeting or whatever. So it's kind of like, okay. And they, sometimes they get these huge returns of 2000% or whatever to mm -hmm. their stockholders, but it's like, okay, now pay somebody eight fifty an hour. And now what are you kind of coming up with? And so it gives them a little bit more reality because they get that, you know, the, you know, it's like, Oh wow, I want to go to my own business. Look at all the money mm -hmm. we can make. And you know, then, you know, show them a little oh, bit of reality. And, yeah. <laughs> And the expense that goes into rental and the yeah. supplies and, you know, instead of getting everything free and I got this yeah. for my, you know, grandma gave me this or whatever, 
but it gets them a little bit more reality. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think, but it is that next level. And these kids are just, I mean, that's one of the things I love about J8 is the energy and the enthusiasm and the, you know, the innovation and yeah. ideas that are coming out of these kids. And I mean, it's just amazing. It is, you know, I mean, when people kind of sit around and complain about, you know, all these kids, I don't know, I'm thinking, no, these kids are awesome. Look at the things they're doing. And yeah, you know, I mean, I, I totally forget that I have 40 years on these guys, you know? Yeah. Like, we're about the same age, right? So, um, awesome. but yeah, but we're trying to, but that's one of the things we're trying to do is how can we take what we currently do in the program mm-hmm. and turn it into something that we could have made money off of? And mm-hmm. it could even be some of the training either that I do or, you know, we have, you know, different people on the board, you know, accountants and stuff like that. Can they do a training or two? could turn around and sell and, you know, and raise money for junior achievement. Right. No, that's perfect. And I think that's a great example um, to say, okay, you might have some of these really, you know, high profile people on the board, or even if not, they have skills, right? They come in and how can they share that? So they might not be able to run the books or they might not be able to, you know, do all the, and that's not what they want to do. They don't want to be working board. They might want, like you said, they want to be governing, but how can they maybe do a workshop on this is how you do your QuickBooks and then all of the money that comes in goes to the organization or a certain percentage. And I think that's a great, I love your model. Like your model is so cool. Like a certain portion of, you know, percentage of your income then goes to the nonprofit. And that's another thing that you can have developed in your bylaws um, or when you join as a board is to say our stipulation as a board member is you contribute a certain percentage or a certain amount every year. So maybe they don't want to be a working board, but each board member can put in $10,000 for the year, you know, and you have seven board members. So they're 70 K. Okay. That can fund a little bit here and there, or maybe they, they work together that that's how much they have to raise in the fundraiser. You know what I mean? Or that's how much they can give. Yeah. So that those are different ways or they can provide the service like you're saying. Yeah. And that's, and that's where it comes to mindset. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I've, you know, and I've, and I've taught, I've been in circles where other, you know, um, you know, you and I went into that one uh, where we had four or five people um, in the room and mm-hmm. uh, we were all talking about our boards and, and it's a, it is a matter of the mindset. Yeah, um, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, people thinking, oh, well, we can't do that or people aren't going to pay for that or people are going to, and it's kind of like, no, a lot of boards do that. How they do it. But mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things that I would really like to do is say, okay, each board member has to bring, same thing, at least X amount, yep. you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 ahead. Now, mm-hmm. if you work for a company that donates three to $5,000 a year anyways, good, you're halfway there. Right. But that way it gets everybody, you know, so it's kind of like putting your mouth money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And I'm generalizing totally mm-hmm. if this is going to be on live. Um, but so often people sit on boards for their resume or, you know, right. oh, I sit on such and such board, but you know, they kind of show up and do it, you know, whatever. And some mm-hmm. people are really participative and some aren't. So it right. kind of just depends. Mm-hmm. But if they have a responsibility to mm-hmm. bring in X amount dollar amount, again, then all of a sudden now we can afford to have this person who can go off and write for grants and go off and do these other things because, you know, and so if you don't show up to board meetings, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. give us the money and you can still be on the board and, you know, because we can still utilize, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's connections, your, you know, your, your, right. you know, just your capabilities, et cetera, your smarts and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, your contacts, et cetera, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But that's the yeah. biggest thing you need in a board, right? Mm-hmm. Is people who, you know, who, who, people who really believe in the mission are actually going to take action to make exactly. it happen. 
Right. And that should definitely be a conversation you have in your strategic planning is if this is, if we are going to be, you know, working more as a governing board, how can we do that? You know, we do need to bring in funding. How do we bring in funding? Um, we do need to leverage, you know, different ways, diversify this. So the products, the services, the contributions, um, those are all really, really cool. And even just as a slight small example, even um, what I'm doing with the membership, even what I decided, I said, okay, you know what I want to do is a certain percentage or certain amount from the members, the membership that I get, then can go into a grant that I can award to the members. So this is something new that we're just putting in the membership for our founding members, and we're going to try it out and see how it goes. And it's just going to start with a hundred bucks. So I know I'm just telling made this for the first time. But anyways, it's starting with a hundred bucks, and it's saying, okay, I'm going to design a grant, an RFP, so a request for a proposal, put it out there. It doesn't matter if you're with a nonprofit, or a grant writing consultant, or whatever, but you have to write the grant. Um, I'll put the what you need to write for, and then you have to write it and submit it, and then I'm going to review it, and then I will award you know, the best written grant based on the criteria that I give you. And then um, uh, there will be a winner for $100 in the next two months. So I'm super excited about that. And then I will also give feedback to everybody who submitted the grant who did not get it awarded so they can see how they can uh, strengthen their grant application. And then that way it gives some of you, because I know some of you that have joined that you be wanting um, more experience in writing grants and mm -hmm. saying, I don't even know where to start. Like, so this will give you that experience and also the ability to win a hundred dollars. And then you can either give it to your consultancy, just take it, or you can give it to a nonprofit of your choice, or you can give it to your own nonprofit that you work with. So, yeah, so I definitely do your that. achievement. <laughs> yeah, do your achievement. So I definitely believe in that. And then I want to give the winners. So the next cycle we do, this is really popular or something. And of course, the more members that come on that hundred dollars is going to go up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then the winners then can start being on the review panel with me. So then they can also be reviewing the grants, which I think will be really, really cool to give them that experience. So yeah, I think it'll be uh -huh. a fun process, but, um, yeah, so that's something I definitely believe in too, is the give back. And, um, so I really want to show that as an example, because it is totally what I believe in as a board member. I'm always, you know, donating my time, but I also have donated other, you know, value and, and that sort of thing as well. Um, and that's why I, I totally believe too, just to be on a certain you know, number of boards, because otherwise that can be very overwhelming. And then you're pulled in a million different directions directions right so and a lot of times you're asking for the same money from the same people so yeah. it's like oh you know and you right you only ask so many times yeah so it's it's good to be and did really know what your passion is right i'm really yeah. passionate about this cause so um yeah and this is to answer answer your last question from national to local now a lot of you you know like you you have the junior achievement national and now we're going local and um it's really to say how can we localize some of these things, initiatives as well and that's really important because if you're only looking at the national i mean some things you have to do you have to follow national scope and that's entirely fine but there's some things that you could say how can we really make that mission really mean something to our own community and really embrace that so it really is something of saying okay um, yeah we're part of a national uh, association but we also need to localize it in some ways um, and we really need to you know of course Sam um, par with the vision and mission but you can also develop your own vision and mission that meets 
the national one as well. So it can really mean more to your members. So I think that's really important. But I think all of this, like, you, like we, I said from the beginning, doing a strategic planning, really figuring out what is the desires of the board, and then really putting into place the operation manuals, everything that needs to get done, your resource mapping, you know, how can we leverage, can we leverage volunteers? Well, then you need your operation manuals in place. You need to have all of the descriptions, who's going to oversee them, what they need to do, how you can break that down in the easiest way and provide that quality control still. And as well as you usually then need more funding if you're looking at that. So how can we increase our funding through products, services, um, even through contributions, right? And be able to be a governing board. So yeah, so I really think um, those are some things that you could look at implementing for junior achievement. And um, yeah, that would be really helpful. So I hope that helped answer some of your questions. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got a few ideas. Um, but like I said, I know a lot of it is comes down to time mm -hmm. and people to put the time and effort into it. And it yeah. is a matter of being able to stop, you know, a lot of, you know, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that happens in Guam and it happens stateside too, I'm sure. But, you know, come the summer months when the program is over, mm -hmm. people leave Island, you know, so or oh, yeah. sometimes gone. So again, it just kind of, it, it varies. Uh, down that time. You got to make it, yeah. schedule it out. Yep. Yeah. And that's the main thing is that it's just, it, you really need to say, okay, I'm going to commit the next, you know, three weeks or four weeks or whatever, so many hours, you know, to get this thing down and then really figure yeah. it and it could just be like, you know, even an uh, intense weekend, let's go ahead and get it done, you know, and, and really get these things in place. And especially if you have somebody that can kind of come in as a facilitator and facilitate that for you, um, you know, then that way you can really, okay, let's just get it done, right? And let's hammer it out. And then we have all of the, the right. templates in place. We kind of know where to go forward and you can have somebody else kind of do that work. So that can yeah. be an investment of a little bit of money too, but also time. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, um, it's kind of like uh, in-house training, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, somebody in-house doing a training versus, uh, ex in, in, you know, um, exterior or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, external um, <laughs> house or whatever. Um, but that is where, you know, I mean, we haven't used you yet. We still have that retainer yeah. um, that we mm -hmm. need to do because even though, you know, myself or somebody else on the board has some of that capability, it's not the same as being, you know, you, yeah. you want to be part of that decision-making and part of that thing and it's Instead hard to facilitate and whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be able to separate it, even right. though you know where it might want to go or whatever, but this way you're not pushing it. You're just one of the, you know, I mean, you don't feel like you're leading them somewhere yeah. where they may or may not want to go, or they might feel like mm -hmm. you've led them somewhere. It's like, no, you're part of the same thing. So that's a great, um, I'm looking forward to yeah. working with you and the board uh, to yeah, make that too. happen. Right. Yeah, so. now that I know more about what you guys want to do, too, this gives me a leg up. So this is really good. <laughs> Let's get this done and facilitate this. So, yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah, you do want, because a lot of times board members do have those skills, right? But it, it, to do that internally is a little bit difficult because they should be right. making instead of leading. So right. we are way past our half hour. But okay. thanks, um, so thanks, Meg. I'm glad that you were thanks. here having our one-on-one, -on -one, um, being on the podcast and on the YouTube channel so we can share it with other members. And I'll have to check out Loom. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so um, did you want to share anything else about the membership that um, with other people that might be thinking about becoming members? I think it's great. I mean, you know, Holly, I've been working with you for a while and I see, you know, just some of the different things that you're offering or whatever you have 
again, I just think you have such a niche market. You know your, you know, your, you know your product and service so well. Mm -hmm. um, you're constantly upgrading it and putting more things into it. Um, you know, you're going to be, you know, speaking on a couple national things, uh, national uh, conventions, and you're you got the thing in Tennessee, and you got the thing out east, and yeah. so I just think you're a wealth of knowledge. So I think anybody who wants mm -hmm. to, you know, grow and learn, and so I bet you're, you know, you're kind of becoming that master you know, slowly but surely as you kind of, you know, Aww. I mean, you're kind of there, but I mean, you're, you know, now that you're, you know, you just, you're, you're finding other things and you're just sharing it, you're openly sharing it, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And the thing is, is that kind of like we've talked about before, there's so many things, different things you can do in the nonprofit realm, whether it's grant writing, whatever, but it's kind of like, where do you want to focus? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, where your unique strengths are and where your uh, genius work really happens and I think you're going after it and then you know those other things are there and um, it can eventually grow there but that's a nice thing is also that you collaborate with a lot of people mm -hmm. so that's I think one of the biggest things is that you know you're really about collaborating with others so oh, um, I think yeah so I mean I think it's all good stuff you know and again I mean I know I'm your friend but you do you go uh, beyond you know oh, thank uh, you what so you much. You do, you do, and that's, you know, I've, I've told people that all the time. And just if people really want to find you, you're on Energetic um, Presence, myenergeticpresence.com. Myenergeticpresence.com. It's going to be up, and I'll have the link in the show notes, and I will also link to your social media, so if you guys are interested in reaching out to Meg and seeing what she does, and you'd heard her story, like, it's absolutely amazing, so I would highly recommend to reach out to Meg. Yeah. That's where I need an intern to do all that kind of stuff, because... Exactly. <laughs> Maybe she can have, we'll share her journey in a few months and see where she's going. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a year, hopefully. Yeah, that would be great. But, um, and I think, I, I think that's the biggest thing for anybody who's trying to get into their business and doing it mm -hmm. is that it's not easy. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work behind mm -hmm. the scenes. It's, um, and I think that's the, the, the thing that you learn from anybody is, mm -hmm. you know, people think, you know, they're this overnight success or whatever, and it's the whole, no, it takes years and years and maybe it's something you do on a part-time basis until you can actually really make the money and you can say, you know, though, this is what I'm going to do, but it's, but it's very different working for yourself than working for somebody else. It is. So it's, it's a great thing to do though, you know, part-time or whatever. And you have other recommendations like Vista programs and all those other things that, you know, that are available. So you just have, you've just been doing this for a long time, Holly. Mm -hmm. So you have a ton of uh, resources and stories and recommendations that, you know, yeah. not everybody really gets or shares or whatever. So you kind of give it all away, which is good. But yeah, all my social media is mainly Meg Tychenko, you know, Meg underscore Tychenko. I will know, spell that out for you guys oh. in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm still, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, but I'm trying to stick in my lane um, mm -hmm. where I, I can actually uh, you know, make, make the rain. <laughs> awesome. So well, thank you again part. so much for allowing me to share this with, um, all of our listeners and our viewers. Hey. I really appreciate you sharing your story and I just wish you the best and I will be still working with you cause you are a member. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the Tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership.
Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 